Hi, I'm Nikki from Teaching Autism and welcome to the Autism and Special Education Community Podcast. Are you an autism or special education professional? Are you a teacher or therapist looking for support and new ideas? You may even be a parent, family member or carer. This podcast is perfect to help you find out more information, support and get some of your questions answered. Hi, and welcome back to the Teaching Autism and Special Education Community Podcast. As it's getting very close to the end of the school year now, today I thought I would do an episode on a topic that's really high on my priority list, and I want it to be high on yours as well, and that is to take time off over the summer. I am always so surprised by the amount of staff I speak to who work all through the summer and honestly while I know that they're doing it with the best intentions at heart and because they want to provide the best opportunities for their students they're also shooting themselves in the foot because they're robbing themselves of the time to rest and recharge their batteries for the new school year that's coming up and all of this is going to equal one thing you are going to burn out the summer is not a time for you to carry on working all summer long just doing it from home. The summer is a time for you to relax, to switch off from the classroom and take time to look after yourself and recharge your batteries. I don't know about you but every time there's school holidays I tend to always end up sick on those first few days. And most of the time it's because I've worked my body so hard that when I finally have a chance to slow down, that's when it all hits me like a ton of bricks. That is your body's way of saying, I am tired, I am overworked and I need a chance to recover. Now, if you're going to finish school and then start your summer holidays off by jumping straight into more work, you're robbing your body of that chance to slow down, rest and recover and that's no good. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about why you need to take time off over the summer, some tips for helping make this achievable, and then preparing yourself to get back to school. So first, let's talk about why you need to take time off. And the biggest reasons are the fact that you are going to be both physically and mentally exhausted. You may have had a straightforward, easy year, which I would love to know about if you do, because I don't feel like anyone ever has an easy, straightforward year. But you may have also had a really tough year. It may have been your toughest year yet in your career. But I always say to so many people that it feels like when we have a tough year, our bodies sort of kickstart into running on adrenaline. And we feel like we just have to keep showing up for our students. We can't slow down. We can't take a break. And our bodies get used to running on this crazy, everyday educator adrenaline and you honestly may not even realize just how exhausted you are until you finally give yourself the chance to stop and relax. The summer is the perfect time to really give your mind and body that rest in time. Most of us have a month or two off for summer and being able to really switch off from work and just be ourselves is the best way to reset our minds and bodies. And also the summer is the perfect reminder that you were a person first as well. We spend all year putting our classroom and students as our priority and often that can even be ahead of ourselves and our families as well. The summer is the one opportunity we have to really prioritise ourselves and our family so make the most of it. We all know how fast time goes, how quickly children grow so make sure you cherish those summers and the time that you get together. But it's all well and good saying we're going to do it. 
But how can we actually make this achievable? Just like with any goal that you set yourself in life, you still have to find a way to make sure you're able to achieve it. And so now I'm going to share my three top tips for helping to make this achievable over the summer for you. Tip number one is to put a plan of action into place for the last two months of every school year in advance and stick to it. I actually try and put this plan together just before Easter every year so that I can start putting the plan into place when I come back into school after the spring break and that helps to ensure I have plenty of time to get everything done and a higher chance of me really being able to relax and not work through the summer holidays. Now, obviously, it's a little later in the year that I'm releasing this podcast episode, but it's definitely a great opportunity now to make notes ready for next year so you can be more prepared in advance. Once you have this end of year plan, really try and stick to it. Write down ways how you can achieve it, what you need to do to work on in order to achieve it. Can your team of staff help you? What jobs can you delegate to them to help you? Include those tasks in your weekly planning so that over time you are checking off your end of year to-do list. And trust me, it is so much less overwhelming when you tackle that list in small steps over a few months rather than panicking and trying to do it all at once in the last two weeks. And that's where most of us end up admitting defeat and working over the summer. And remember, that is what we're trying to avoid. Tip number two is to not take work home with you over the summer and I mean both physically and digitally. If you have your work email linked to your phone, take it off on that last day of school. You need to be able to mentally switch off from work and if you have a bag of school stuff in the corner of the room or your work email still on your phone, it's going to be very difficult for you to really switch off from work mode and enjoy being at home. So the simple answer is don't take it home. Get yourself organized in advance, last discussed in point number one. And if you find that you still have too many tasks to complete before the summer starts, then put your to-do list in a priority order and concentrate on getting the tasks done that absolutely have to be done because other things can be left to be done another time or after summer break is over. When you're thinking of priority order, look at your to-do list and say to yourself, What is the worst thing that will happen if I don't get this task done? Will it have a huge effect on my students in classroom if I don't get this task done? And is it something I need to get done or just something I wanted to get done? If you're answering no and nothing really bad is going to happen and it's more a want rather than a need, then don't work yourself over the summer for a task that really isn't that important. And regarding work email, Having that on your phone is just going to be a constant reminder of work. You know what it's like in this day and age. We're on our phones all the time and it's going to be very easy for you to get distracted if you see a work email and get sucked into work mode. That's not what we want. If you delete it off your phone and just keep it on a work laptop or your computer or something, then you're less tempted to open up that email, especially when you're trying to relax or enjoy your summer. So you're going to be able to enjoy your summer a whole lot more without that temptation on your phone every time you open it. And tip number three links in really nicely here because for some of us it's not realistic to completely switch off our work email. Maybe we do actually need to check it now and again. So for this I want you to set availability hours and you are going to be really really strict with them. 
I want you to have someone who is going to hold you accountable for these working hours so you do not go over that time you've set and you don't cave and spend extra time working when you've already planned to have that time off. So for example, when you're having your morning coffee every day, you could set yourself 20 minutes of work time now. And this work time could be checking your school email, doing a little quick task like researching something or adding something to a lesson plan, maybe just even going over a lesson plan or giving yourself 10 minutes a day to read over new student IEPs or information sheets, just little quick tasks. Your accountability could be that you absolutely do not work past finishing your coffee. Once your coffee is finished, you stop working. Or set an alarm on your phone for 10 minutes and once that 10 minutes is up, that's it. Work is over. A good accountability partner can be a teaching friend or colleague. You can both sync up your availability hours and then message each other when the time is up to hold each other accountable for stopping working. Plus, you won't feel as guilty when you have a colleague holding you accountable and stopping you from working because you know they're doing the same thing as well. Many of us genuinely won't feel guilty because we know this is the best thing for ourselves, but some of us might feel guilty about not working. And however you feel, that's okay. Just know that you absolutely do not need to feel guilty about putting yourself first over the summer holidays and taking time off from schoolwork. And finally, once summer is starting to come to an end, you're going to want to start preparing yourself to go back to school. If you've really relaxed over the summer and not worked, you're probably going to fall into one of two categories when this time comes round. Category one is you're feeling physically and mentally refreshed and really ready to get back to school. However, category number two is that you could be that you've enjoyed your summer so much you're feeling a little unsure about going back to school. You may even feel a mixture of both and that's totally okay. You are allowed to feel however you want. You may feel like number one on a Monday and number two on a Tuesday and that's totally okay as well. What I will say is that the following three steps that I'm going to discuss always help me to get ready for going back to school while still being able to enjoy the last few days of my summer. So number one is to set yourself two goals for the school year that are focused on you and prioritising yourself. It could be something like, this year I'm not going to fetch work home or I'm not going to be the last one in the car park every night. It could be you're going to delegate more work to your staff so that you reduce your workload and that makes you more awake and energised when you're at home. Sit and think about those two goals while you're relaxing in the sunshine with a nice cool drink and really think about how you want to prioritise yourself this year. Write those two goals down and then write down ways you can achieve those goals. If you use a teacher planner, which I mean pretty much everyone does now, write down those goals on the top of the page every week. Then highlight them when you achieve them or write down two ways that you're going to work on achieving those goals and highlight them when you've achieved them. It could be that you promise yourself if you achieve both those goals, that week you'll get a treat for yourself on Friday night, which could literally be something like a long hot bubble bath and a Chinese takeout. Speak to your family and get them on board. I guarantee they're going to want to help you prioritise yourself and they'll be very supportive because it's not just benefiting you by putting yourself first, you'll also be benefiting your family as well. Tip number two is to get your favourite breakfast in for that first day of going back to school. 
I know this probably doesn't sound like that great a tip, but for me, I love nothing more than waking up to my favourite breakfast on the first morning going back to school. Start the morning off well and you just know your day is already off to such a great start and that instantly lifts your mood. For me, my favourite breakfast are homemade chocolate croissants and fresh fruit and I'll link in the show notes to my favourite chocolate croissant recipe so you can try it out as well. This is also a great recipe to use with your students for cooking in the classroom too because it's just quick and easy to make and the end result is so delicious. Knowing that I have my favourite breakfast to wake up to in the morning also just helps me sleep a little easier the night before. It's crazy how much just something so small can make such a difference for you. So definitely think about what your favourite breakfast is and have that ready for your first day back. You could even have a family breakfast buffet and have all of your favourite things and get everyone up half hour earlier than normal and all sit and enjoy together. This can be like a farewell summer breakfast and I promise your kids will love it too. Plus, it's just a nice tradition to have in place every year for that first day of going back to school. And finally, prepare your outfits in advance for every day for that first week back. The first day, I'm always full of energy and ready to get going. But sometimes on the second day, I can start to feel like, whoa, back to school is tough and I'm a little tired. So by planning out my outfits in advance, I know that's one less task for me to do every night or every morning before work. I'll even iron them in advance just so that if I find that maybe it's an exhausting first week back and I really need an extra five minutes in bed, then I can because I know my outfits are already ironed. What tends to happen for me with this as well is that I end up realising just how much easier it is to have these outfits prepared in advance and it becomes sort of Sunday ritual throughout the school year for me, just like meal prepping. Every Sunday I'll put together the outfits for the entire week and that's one nice thing for me to think of every morning. And like where I mentioned that meal prepping, the bonus tip here which ties in really nicely is to plan your week lunches as well. There's nothing worse than running out of time in the morning, so just grabbing random things for lunch or even skipping lunch altogether. Get things prepared in advance for the week ahead and put them in what I call grab bags, which are literally just sandwich bags and then store them in the fridge. Each morning you can take one of those grab bags with you and you know you've got your food and drinks for the day sorted. So those are some of my best tips to help you ensure that you take time off over the summer and prioritise yourself, as well as helping to prepare yourself to go back to school. If you have any tips to share, be sure to head on over to the show notes and leave a comment to share them with other listeners as well. And don't forget, I'll share some helpful links over there for you too, including my super easy and delicious homemade chocolate croissant recipe. I hope you found today's podcast episode helpful and I really hope you're able to follow these tips to really prioritise yourself and your family this summer and take time off from work and school life. I would love for you to share this podcast episode with colleagues as well to remind them about the importance of taking time off over the summer and putting themselves first. Thank you for listening and I'll speak to you again soon.